Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Is this how we approach the Word? Is that how you approach the Word of the living God this night? Amen. If we will approach the Word that way, if we'll long for its revelation, if we'll hunger and thirst after it, we'll press into the kingdom of the living God and we'll operate in the power of the living God like never before and lives will be changed and revolutionized and God will be glorified and magnified and the devil will be put on, on flight. Oh, he'll flee from us, praise God. Thank God for the power that is in the name. Have you come to be built up and edified? Have you come to be a blessing here tonight? Then you will be, and you'll not walk away from this place saddened. You'll not walk away this, from this place without receiving what God has for you in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. Are you here to become a changed person tonight? Are you being changed from glory unto glory, even as by the Spirit of the living God? Are you here to submit yourself to the Word of the living God, to the power of the Holy Ghost? then you'll not be disappointed. I guarantee you, you're, you're going to receive something from God. You'll receive something from Him tonight. I believe the Spirit of God will take the Word that goes forth and just cause it to go into everybody's heart in such a way that your need represented in your life will be met and you'll be enriched spiritually and you'll walk away a better person, praise God, when you walk through those doors, and you'll affect this world in a great way for Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Oh, and let's look at it like we never read it before. Romans 12, 1 and 2, like we never saw it before. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He was begging them by the mercies of God that you present your bodies to God, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed unto this world. Thank God we're not world conformers. We're not conformed unto this world. We need not be conformed to the attitudes. We need not be conformed to the ideas of this world system. But thank God we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The process of transformation can cause us, praise God, to take our place as sons and daughters of the Most High God to operate in the power of His mind to do what He would have us to do in an effective way upon this earth to glorify our Father which is in heaven and promote the kingdom of God upon this earth. We are not world conformers. Say it with me. I am not conforming to this world system. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind to prove the good acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. That's what we're doing. That's why we're here tonight. And I'm glad I've come. Are you glad you've come? I'm glad I came here tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are to be transformed. That's what that scripture is saying. To us. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? So we can prove the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We are the will of God provers. Did you know that? We are the ones that are to prove the will of God. What God's will is, is to be proven by our lives that we live upon this earth as we are transformed in the heart attitudes of our mind. If we are transformed by the power of God, by the Word of God, our heart attitude changes, 
and our mind is constantly being changed, the attitude of our mind for the better, then we will be will of God provers here upon this earth. We'll show and demonstrate unto this world what the will of God really is. And that's what I want to talk about for a while here tonight. The will of God. We are proving the will of God. We're proving God's will upon this earth. We are demonstrating the will of God. People see our lives and they see the will of God in motion. Why? Because Jesus came to do the will of God and we are walking in His footsteps. We are followers of Him and we are here right now showing and demonstrating and proving what is the good, the perfect, and the will of God. When people see us, they'll know that's the will of God, that we be that way. Praise God Almighty. And that only comes by transformation. Having our minds renewed by the Word of God. So, knowing and doing the will of God in our lives is of utmost importance. It is the most important thing to pursue. Knowing and doing the will of God in our lives is the most important thing for any human being to pursue on this earth. That is absolutely true. It should be the paramount thing in our lives. It's the number one thing. God's will for our lives is the place that we need to be in. God's perfect will for our lives is the best place to be in. God wants us to know His will. He wants us to do His will. He wants us to walk in the light of His will. How can you say that? Because Matthew 7, 21 says, Not those that cry unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into my Father's kingdom, but those that do what? That do the will of my Father. We can't do the will if we don't know the will. We can't prove the will if we don't know the will. We can't walk in the will of God if we don't know what the will of God is. So we have to know the will of God. It is His will that we do His will upon this earth so that we can enter into the kingdom of God. Beloved, we want to operate in the principles of the kingdom of God. And the only way we can do that is by knowing what the will of God is for our lives. So very quickly, number one. It is the will of God that none perish. It is the will of God that not one person miss heaven and make hell their home. It is the will of God that everybody who lives and breathes and anyone who has ever lived and ever breathed upon this earth go directly to heaven and live and reign with Him throughout the eternal ages. It is not the will of God for people to die and go to hell. And He wants that to be on the forefront of our minds. He wants us to, to know and understand that this is His primary mission and it should be our primary commission here upon this earth. We are to affect people in a positive way for Jesus. We're to tell people about the good news of the gospel. They need not die and be lost. They can make heaven their home and be with Him in glory. That's what God wants us to know. That is His will and it's His will that we promote that through our lives upon this earth. He wants us to be a blaze, a flaming fire, a flaming evangelist. He wants us to speak out and to proclaim the truth that Jesus has come and made men free and no one has to die and depart and go into eternity lost in damnation forever and ever. They can just come on and receive Jesus and be washed in the blood, be made a king and a priest unto God Almighty and live for Him and serve Him and do His will and be blessed here upon this earth. That is the will of God. The will of God is blessing. The will of God is, is changing hearts and changing lives so they can be blessed upon this earth to provide everything that we need to be successful in life. In John chapter 1, just write them down. We won't take time to turn to them. Verse 11 to 13. 
The Bible says that we're born not of the will of men, not of the will of the flesh, but thank God of the will of God. It's the will of God that we be born again. It's the will of God that we receive life. The Bible says in James 1, 18, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. It was in His plan, His purpose, and His will. It is the will of God. You know, we're proving that upon the earth right now. It's His will that men be born again. It was His will to initiate the new birth. We had nothing to do with it. We had no say-so in the matter. It it was all God. Thank God it was all God. And all we had to do is walk right on into the blood covenant and say, I'm a recipient of what you have. It was His will to give birth to you. His will to give birth to me. He did it on His own. Thank God that He did. We benefit from it. We're the beneficiaries of the new and everlasting covenant in His blood. And thank God He gave birth to us by His Spirit. We are His children. Thank God. Say with me, I'm a child of God. Born of the Spirit. And washed in the blood. See, that's the will of God and we're proving it. We're demonstrating it. People see our lives and they know that. Thank God we should be the most joyful, exuberant people upon the face of this earth because we're born of the Spirit of God and we have His life within us. Thirdly, in Romans 8 and 32, I want us to turn to this one because this one is so good you have to do a double take. It is absolutely so good. We know that if God is for us, who could be against us? But in verse 32, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? It is the will of God. If God did not hold back His Son, if He did not stop Him from coming to redeem us, if He was willing to give Him so that none perish, that everyone have life, it goes on to say here, since He gave us Jesus, Jesus, you know it's the will of God that He freely give us all things to enjoy. All things that pertain to life. All things that pertain to godliness. For you see, godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life that now is. Thank God He didn't forget the life that now is. Thank God we have the promise of the life that now is. Whatever we need to, to, to be prosperous in the life that now is in every area of life. He says, I've provided that for you. And it's my will to freely give it to you. Because I gave you the most important of all gifts, Jesus. Uh, how can I hold something back that's of lesser value? you. Think about it. Oh, it's it's the will of God. I love it. It's the will of God. Do you love it tonight? It's the will of God. What do you need? He gives it freely. What do you desire in life? He gives it freely because you love Jesus. Hallelujah. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not before to steal, kill, to destroy. And I think people look at that and they get, they get negative and pessimistic and all that. See, the devil's just going around to steal, to kill, to destroy. Seeking whom he may devour. He's always after me and blah, blah, blah. And all this different thing. And, and focus in on that and put their attention upon that. Yeah, I know the devil's going about and doing all that. But you know what? Once read the next part of the verse. Jesus says, I'm come to give you life. Amen. I've come to give you life. I'll take the life, not the stealing. I'll take the life, not the destruction. I'll take the life, not the killing. I'll take the life that comes from Jesus. How about you? It's His will to give us abundant life. I'm telling you, in more abundance, abundant life. Not just life, abundant life. 
He does everything exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Abundance of life. He doesn't give a little bit of Himself. He says, come and drink. I'll fill you up with Myself. I'll give you all that I have. Don't settle just for a little bit of the power and the glory of God in your life. He says, come and open up yourself wide. Open your mouth wide. I'll fill you up. I'll fill you up to overflowing. I'll impart to you all that you need, all that you desire, all that you want. Just have a hunger and a thirst and come after me and I'll see to it that you're overflowing and bubbling over with my power and with my life. That's abundant life. Abundant life. And through the abundance of grace, we can reign as a king in the realm of life by one Christ Jesus. And that's why he did it. Amen. So that's the will of God. Hebrews, or First Thessalonians 4, 2 through 4, just, just write it down there. It is the will of God that we be sanctified. The Bible says it's the will of God that each and every one of us be sanctified and know how to control our body and present it to God as a vessel of honor before Him. So it's His will. It is the will of God. This is talking about the will of God. It is the will of God. And we can do it by the power of God. We can yield our body. We can yield our faculty members to God for His service to do His will. You might be convinced by the enemy out there that you can't do it. You can't walk the walk that God wants you to walk. You can't do the things that God wants you to do. This Christian life is a hard life to live. Well, the devil's got you hoodwinked. He has spoken to your mind. He's told you all these lies and you've accepted them as truth. You know what? That's a bunch of lies that he has told you that you do not have to receive his truth. It is the will of God that you be sanctified. And you know what? He doesn't tell us to do something without providing the power to put us over, to enable us to do it. If He said we can do it, He provides the power to do it with. And thank God, can you say, that's how the Christian life is. He doesn't say do something then doesn't give us the power to do it with. We've got all the resources of heaven. We have, I mean, we have unlimited ability and power. We can do it because He said we can. It's His will, so let's walk in the light of it. Let's prove to this world the perfect will of the living God in and through our lives. We can walk the walk as we talk the talk. Hallelujah. And we can glorify our Father which is in heaven. Hebrews 10, 25. Aren't you glad that tonight you're in the will of God? This is the will of God concerning us, that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Some wonder, you know, is, is the will of God all that mystical? Are you here tonight? That's the will of God. It's not all that mystical. I'm going to church tonight. That's in the will of God for my life. It's that simple. It's that easy. I'm here, Father God, tonight because I choose to do your will. I want to walk in your will tonight. I am here to do your will, to proclaim good news, to worship you in spirit, to worship you in truth, to assemble myself together with the people of God. I'm telling you, people of like pressure faith. I long to be with them, to fellowship with them, to glorify you together. There's no telling, Father God, what you can do and will do when people's hearts come together, knit together as one. We know that you're going to do glorious and great things. We are here as in walking in, in the light of your will tonight, worshiping you, fellowshipping with you together. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we find out it is the will of God that we be baptized in water and be made disciples, followers, students of the word. He said, he told them to baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He told them and make disciples or students of the Word. Students of the Word. Followers, students of the Word. God doesn't want theologians out there. He wants disciples. He wants students of the Word. People that want to walk in the reality of the Word. Not just know what it says. Not try to find all the historical facts of knowledge and all that. You know, you can get your head so big out here. It'll be just big like this with facts have knowledge and you know what and you can have all that knowledge and not have any reality at all with God I read an article just recently in a magazine 
Christian magazine, and this one fellow said, I'm telling you, I have found something that I know a lot of theologians, friends of mine, because he was one himself, they longed to have. He says, I was just like them. They had all the facts of knowledge. They can tell you when it happened, how it happened, why it happened. They could tell you this, they could tell you that, all the facts underlying all these different things. But they said, deep on the inside, they had no reality with the living God. Their head was this big, but they had no reality with God. They couldn't contact Him. They couldn't reach Him. They couldn't find Him in their help. In their time of for help in their time of need. They didn't know how to contact Him by faith. And they had yet their head filled with all these facts. And one day He says, I've had it with all that. I've had it with all that. I want reality. I want to have uh, intimacy with God Almighty. And so He got before the presence of the Lord. He began to lift up His voice. He cried out for reality. He cried out for intimacy. And you know what? God did not disappoint Him. He began to walk with the Father God. And He says, now their, their hearts are beginning to become hungry after what I have because I have intimacy with God Almighty. It's not those facts of knowledge. It's a desire to apply the principles of God's Word to our everyday life circumstances that produces reality with the living God. Amen. So he wants disciples. He wants us to be baptized in water, make a break from the world, and begin to walk with him in true fellowship, in intimacy of fellowship and relationship with him. So, in Malachi chapter 3, just write it down, verses 8 through 10, it's his desire and will that we give of ourselves, of our tithes and of our offerings to provide for the work of the ministry. That is an act in the will of God. We prove that that is the will of God, and we walk in the light of it, and we are blessed because of it. And, beloved, there's one thing I need to say about that. It's so important. It's absolutely, essentially important if we're going to walk in the full blessings of God. Because Israel was cursed with the curse. The individual was cursed with the curse. Uh, Why? He says, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Where have you robbed me, saith the Lord? A man. Not a nation, but a man. In tithe and offering, he said. Will a man rob God? So it's his will that we don't rob him. That we don't steal from him. He said, you are cursed with the curse. Some say that's a scare tactic. No, it's truth. It's truth. It's absolute truth. And I will not rob God. I'll give God what belongs unto him. What's, what it would rightfully do him. I wouldn't rob from him. Praise God. If there's anybody you're going to rob from, don't let it be God. Amen. Amen. And so I just, I've done it ever since I got saved. Some question to try to wrestle out in their mind. Forget wrestling things out in your mind. Just do what God said to do. That's how you have reality. That's how you experience reality with God. And, I, and you know, just do it. And, and that's His will for our lives. Just do it. And we'll, we certainly won't operate under a curse. We'll operate under the blessings of God. In Mark 16, 15 through 20, and John 14, 12, I don't know if we can withstand. I'll tell you what, I don't know if we can hold up under this. Jesus said over there, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel with every creature. He that believes baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them and believe in my name. In my name they'll cast out devils. It's the will of God we cast out devils. It is the will of God that we cast out devils. It's the will of God we speak with new tongues. It is the will of God that if we drink anything, it will not hurt us or harm us in any way. I'm telling you, we'll just take up serpents. And it's also the will of God that we lay hands upon the sick that they may recover. In other words, it's His will that we have a vital part to play in the redemption of all mankind and seeing to it that God's power to deliver and set free comes upon them. Yes, Jesus did it all for us, but unless we communicate it to them, they're not going to experience, you know, the reality of it. And so we have a part to play in it. We're all ministers of the Most High God. We are all preachers of, of the Word of the living God. And with signs and wonders, he said. He, the, the, as they preached the Word, he confirmed it with signs and wonders. And so you see, it's his will that we walk in the same light of that. That's his will for our lives. Amen. And then we can... There's a whole lot of things. But here's another one. That, Ephesians chapter 5. 
Verses seven, look at verse 17. I want you to see this one because it absolutely states it. <clears throat> it is the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, that's simple enough, isn't it? <clears throat> you ready for it? Okay, listen to it. Don't get drunk on liquor or alcohol or wine. But get filled with the Holy Ghost. Learn to drink in of the Spirit. And stay full of the Spirit. Learn to maintain a Spirit-filled life. Stay drunk in the Spirit. Oh, stay drunk in the Spirit. How, how do you think a drunk stays drunk? Keep streaking. Did you know that? Well, I'll tell you what. We can take that and turn it around. We could just go ahead and drink into the Spirit until we're drunk. We can drink into the Spirit until we're drunk in the Spirit and maintain a Spirit-filled life that way. How? By singing, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in our heart unto the Lord. That's how. It is His will that we maintain a Spirit-filled life, that we stay filled with and full of the Holy Ghost. That's His will for our lives. Every single one of us. But now here's the, here, here's the, the clincher right here. Look at Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. Matthew chapter 11. All of this is a part of the will of God for all of our lives. But all of this is not automatically done or obtained. We don't walk in the light of this automatically. There's something we have to do. And that's what I want to emphasize tonight. Because, beloved, if we want to get further down the road with God, this is what we're going to have to do. If we want to experience God's best, if we want to have a greater manifestation of the power and the, and, and, and the presence of God within our lives, if we want to have a greater healing anointing, if we want to have a greater uh, manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, if we want to have more of God just in our lives individually, I'm telling you, this is what we have to get a hold of. Matthew 11, verse 11 and 12. But he said to them, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, What man is there among you? If he has only one sheep... I'm sorry, I'm in, I'm in 11. I'm in 12. Matthew 11, 11 and 12. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it or take it before us as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought for with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. What this is saying here that those that want to operate in the fullness of the kingdom of God, they're going to have to take it by force. They're going to have to become violent. They're going to have to use ardent zeal, intense exertion, and tenacity of faith. They're going to have to rise up with spiritual initiative on the inside and say, look, devil, enough is enough. We have had enough. We want all that the Father has. It represented in every area of our lives. Enough is enough. Amen. What is ours is ours. Amen. And we are becoming violent. 
and we will take it by force. We're not laying down. We're not playing dead. We are the church that Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail over. That's who we are. And it's ours and we're taking it by force. Is that where you're at in your walk tonight? Or have, have we allowed ourselves to become deceived into thinking that we've got to settle for what we have, just what we're experiencing right now? There's a whole lot more in God. There's a whole lot more in God. Oh, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. We're scratching just the surface. There's a whole lot more in God. Jesus secured more for us than we can possibly imagine. And God is able to do for us exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Beloved, there's a whole lot more for us in God. And if we'll set it in gear, set things in motion within our spirit man and say, I am now choosing to become the violent one who will violently take what belongs to me by force, by the force of faith, by the force of love, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the force of patience. I am not going to roll over. I am not going to play dead. I'm going to look the enemy right in the face. I'm going to look that sickness right in the face. I'm going to look all the opposition right in the face. And I'm going to stand there in persistent faith. And I am going to be immovable. And my foundation is secure. It's upon solid ground. It belongs to me. It's mine and the power is in the name for me to obtain it i will not give in i will be relentless in my opposition against all the powers of darkness i take it by force well what's a part of that force i'm so glad you asked me that tonight so glad if you're going back with me to the book of genesis chapter 2 beginning at verse 1 it involves our will. It involves our will. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> in the beginning, we see in the act of creation, the will of God being revealed. All that God intended for man to have is revealed there in the act of creation. And we see that truth in these verses of Scripture. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended His work which He had made, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And if we'll go back there and investigate, beloved, we will find out that all that he did was perfect. He brought everything to its predestined end. And that's what that word finished there actually means. In the beginning, God brought all things to its predestined end. And he saw it. He said, it's beautiful. It's good. It's the way I want it. How was that? It was like this. The reason for the heavenlies is the earth. This God of love brought forth out of His heart of love the heavenly bodies to love the earth so that everything out there in that system would provide what is necessary for the earth to be what it is. The earth 
was provided for man. The reason for the earth is the man. If there's no man, there's no need for a place of habitation. So once again, we see the earth, a ball of love, a planet of love, having within itself resources to provide what is necessary for the well-being of a man upon this earth. We see also all the kingdoms of the world, the animal and the vegetable kingdom. We see the environment, the air that we breathe. There's no bacteria, no germs of sickness or disease. There's nothing that would harm in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We see this circle of love beginning to unfold. We see then man created by God as God's crown of creation upon the earth. And we see him in a high place of authority, a position of dominion upon the earth. God said it's not good that man be alone, so why the woman? To provide a perfect help meet suitable for the man. We see the purpose of the woman. For love to flow once again. We see all these other kingdoms providing what is necessary for man's survival and also for his satisfaction and pleasure. We see the beauty of a rose, the fragrant smell, and all the other flowers that God has made. And we see them pleasing to the eye and also to the smell of man. We see a fragrance that flows forth that ministers itself in love to the man. We see him or it, the, the flower, pouring itself out unto death. Everything that is set in motion is a product of, a byproduct of love. Love brought it forth and in themselves they love and continue to love. Love, one cycle, one circle of love that's pouring forth from the Father's heart through, through all of His creation. And now here's man in this perfect spiritual utopia. A beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful place. And what is then the reason for man? See this big circle that we're making? There is a little gap. There's a little gap there in that circle of God's love. Everything else is already loving because of its purpose that that God intended for it. But now we see this gap. You know why man was made? For God. Everybody say with me, I was made for God. I was made for God. I am made for God. I was created for God. I have been recreated by God and for God. But you see, that gap, the kingdom of God was represented out there. The kingdom of darkness was represented out there. And there was a gap. Why the gap? Why the gap? It's the vapor of life that James was speaking of. What is your life? It's but a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. It's that period of time. It was Adam's period of time to determine whether or not he would invite the kingdom of God in or the kingdom of darkness in. That was a period of time that he had. And what God was looking for was for Adam to use his free will. See, when God made Adam giving him a free will, He gave him a beautiful and powerful thing. He gave him the right to choose good or evil, blessing and cursing, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. He gave him the right to choose. But when he did, he also gave him the potential to sin. And Adam chose in that period of time that God allowed him. You see, he chose to sin. He chose not to close the gap, the circle of love. 
He chose not to do that by submitting himself to the will of God. He was rebellious. And because of it, upheaval came to every realm of life. Think about it. God's glorious creation of love. All of a sudden, it's bringing forth good and evil. All of a sudden, the ground is cursed. Not only beautiful flowers, but now thorns and thistles. The animal kingdom has upheaval. I mean, in the air we breathe now, there are germs. You see? Bacteria, germs to cause sickness and disease. Now the beautiful weather that was once so glorious, a mist that came out from beneath the earth to water everything. No rain. Think about it. All of a sudden there are storms because there's upheaval in that realm. Hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, not sent by God as a result, but as a result of man's fall, his high treason. He didn't choose to close the gap. He didn't choose, you see, to set his love. The reason for man? God. But man has a choice. The flower doesn't have a choice. The tree doesn't have a choice. The sun doesn't have a choice. It just gives. It just loves. It loves the earth with sunshine. It loves the earth with energy. Light, it provides what is necessary. The earth just gives of itself. The Bible says it bring it forth of itself. Why? Because God made it that way. In other words, it loves on its own. God designed it to love, it loves. Everything else just loves because it's designed to love. But man had the choice. To choose. He had the right to choose to love God or not to love God. And his whole purpose of creation was for God. To love Him and then to invite His kingdom on this earth. It started way back then, beloved. No wonder Jesus said, pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God wanted that from the beginning. That was his predestined end. That's why he made it all that way. Imagine it. A perfect place. No sin. No death. No sickness. No sorrow. No woes. No disease. No calamity. No tragedy. All those things didn't exist. God wanted man to close the gap and shut the kingdom of darkness out. Invite the kingdom of light in where there would be only joy and peace and love. And then a transformation would take place after a certain period of time. And we all be the sons and the daughters or sons of God. Isn't that glorious? But you see, he didn't do it. Do you know what's the thing that's going to do it in our lives here today? It's not changed. The fall of man brought the will of the devil into the earth. And we see all that's happening that is evil is the will of the devil. But, beloved, Jesus came to undo, outdo, overdo all the works of the devil. Hallelujah. And when he came, he came not to do his own will, but the will of the who? The will of the who? The will of the who? The will of the Father God. And you know when he came to do the will of the Father God, I'm telling you, he just stood right against death and defeated it. I'm telling you, he stood right up against sickness and disease and he destroyed it. He came right against anything that was evil and he overcame it. He did outdo, undo, overdo all the work that the devil had done. He was the will of God in motion. And God is trying to get a message to us. If I had it my way on earth, there'd be love. There'd be peace. There'd be joy. There'd be help. There'd be strength. There'd be prosperity. There'd be no earthquakes. There'd be no tornadoes. There'd be no problems. There'd be no calamities. There'd be a perfect place for people to live in. No miscarriages, no divorces, none of those things that that bring pain and heartache to mankind. There wouldn't be any of that stuff. And Jesus came to demonstrate that. He was a will of God prover. That's what he was. And God wants us to be will of God provers also upon this earth. Now, here's the last point. Our lives are like this also. Did you know that? What is your life but a vapor that appeareth a little while? 
What's the secret to it all? Close that gap. How long shall we halt between two opinions? How long shall we halt, falter between two opinions, stumble? That's what Elijah said way back when. Come on now. Who's God? This world system, who's God? The God you serve has deaf ears. He can't hear. He can't see. He can't reach out. Why are you serving Him? How long are we going to toy and play around with two decisions? One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. No. How long are we going to fool around? Let's not do that. Let's get a hold of this circle of love and let's put it together. Let's bend our will toward the will of the living God. Let's unite our forces together with Him. The will of God and the will of man coming together is a powerful force that cannot be overcome in this earth. And that's what God is saying. I've done it once again. Now you use violent force to enter into what I've done to Jesus. You just give me your will and say, Father, I will to have your kingdom operating in my life. I will to have your power in my life. I will to have the anointing. I will to have the power of the name. I will to have healing. I will to have everything that's going to produce your good works upon this earth. I will to have your will being done in this earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, look out. You're going to be a live wire. I mean to tell you, you're going to be a live wire when you bend your will to the will of God. Oh, when, two, when a couple comes together, man and wife, and they stop all the bickering and all that, and they say, oh, hallelujah. Did you hear that tonight? We're going to put ourselves together. We're going to join forces together. We're joining our will with the will of the living God, and we're going to watch it be done upon this earth. We're getting violent. We're using in. We're using tenacity of faith. We're using ardent zeal. We're using intense exertion. And we are pressing together into the kingdom of God. We're not just going to be content with what we already have experienced in God. And we're not going to be content with where we are at. We are pressing in. We are going all the way. And this family unit is going to have the glory and the power of the living God and the might of God represented in it. And that's all there is to it. Oh, rise up, people of God. Rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus and bend your will to the will of God. And so shall it be that the power of God will be represented in and through your lives. Hallelujah. That's what the Father wants us to know. It's not automatically done. It's taken by force. Are you violent here tonight? Are you ready for using violent force to to, to receive and walk in the light of what belongeth unto you? Amen. Are you? I know I am. Praise God. I'm not satisfied. Are you satisfied? I'm not satisfied. The violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. If that's your healing that, that's, that you've been looking for, the violent take it before. I'm taking it by force. I'm telling you, I'm taking it by force. You're not going to keep me from it. The enemy's not going to keep me from it, is what I'm saying. The enemy will not keep me from it. I am taking what belongeth unto me by force. If it's your child's salvation... 
the salvation of a loved one. You know what? I'm going to do everything in my God-given, God-ordained dominion and ability to see to it that I remove the powers of darkness that blinds that child's mind. And I'm telling you, I don't have to see it with these eyes. All I know is that I know that I know that I know there is something my faith can do and I will not rest until my faith does it. What is that? No, we, don't, we can override that child's will, but you know what we can do? We could make it so enticing. Our faith could make an avenue for God to move, I'm telling you, till angels come down and start visitations. I'm telling you. Do you know why? This is what, how we got to get. Do you know why? Because you're the righteous and it's your child. That's why. Do you, do you see that? You know, we have neglected for too long of a time the, the ministry of angels. Oh, they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those of us who are heirs of salvation. And you know what? It's time we get them actively involved in the affairs of our lives. By the words of our mouth, they hearken to the voice of the word of the living God. Amen. You see why the enemy wants to come up with all these doctrines that say, Oh, you can't, you can't say angels go forth and do this and do that. Because they don't want us operating in the things of God. That's why. I'm not going to be one to be deceived like that. The Bible says they're ministering angels sent forth to minister for us. And that means they hearken to the voice of God's Word. So when we proclaim God's Word, I believe they go, don't you? They will go. And they'll do things. They're wanting to do things. They don't want to sit idly by. You know, they want you to put them to work. They want all of us to put them to work. They want to start getting involved in things. The Bible says they rejoice in heaven. When one comes to salvation, they want to get involved in all that. They want to have a part in all that. What little part that they do have. We've got the part down here to, to do upon there because they can't go about preaching it. But they get involved in it, praise God. They get involved in all that we're doing. If we put them to work for us, we are the righteous. We are those who have been justified by faith. We have access to the power of the living God. And if I don't stop here right now, I'm going to go on forever. Maybe we'll get carried out of here. Can you stay? Let's all stand before the Lord. We've got a whole lot in God. Can you say Amen. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.